0: The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting and it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvellous stuff, marvellous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with The Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to another edition of The Politocrat. It is Wednesday, April the 22nd, 2020. I'm Omar Moore with the Nightlight Edition. With late night slash early morning headlines that you may not have been aware of over the last few hours. Yes, indeed. Headlines, headlines, headlines. And one of the ones that has come out recently over the last few hours. And by the time you are up in the United States on Thursday, you will be waking up to this news that the Labor Department is expected here in the United States to release the new job numbers showing around 4.2 million people in the United States filed for unemployment benefits on the week ending April the 18th. That would make it a new record in terms of the jobless claims being over 26 million people in the United States. Over the last four or five weeks. And with the number that's expected to come out shortly. It would also mean that all of the job gains. From the post great recession of 2008. Would be completely wiped out. That means that the eight years of President Barack Obama. Who had brought the economy back off a cliff and got back jobs in this country over the eight-year period that he was in office. All of that has been wiped out in the matter of five weeks when this number is announced in the next little while from the U.S. Labor Department. That's as per Reuters. They have said that they have done a survey with some of the top economists. And according to that survey, those economists are looking at a jobless claim rate of 4.2 million people unemployed for the week ending April the 18th. That figure is expected to be released once again by the U.S. Labor Department coming up in the next few hours on Thursday the 23rd. Now, that number is supposedly expected to be down from last week's claims. and We'll see if that happens. The original estimates for the claims of last week were going to be around 5.5 million people filing for unemployment. We will see shortly what is happening with that number. And it is expected to come very, very soon in the next little while that that will rock the economy further and it will send shockwaves through the markets and also will make a lot of people even more disheartened as the food lines continue to increase in this country, the lines for food banks. Another headline that you may have missed was Wednesday, the Senate majority leader in the US, the Republican Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, who is up for reelection this coming November 3rd, said this incredibly enough, quote, I think this whole business of additional assistance for state and local governments needs to be thoroughly evaluated. There's not going to be any desire on the Republican side to bail out state pensions by borrowing money. From future generations. So Mitch McConnell. The nerve of him. Is saying that the state should not be bailed out. The state should consider bankruptcy. That's the headline. From the New York Times. By Carl Hulse. Written on April the 22nd. This has not been widely reported. In the corporate news media on television. The headline again, let me read it to you. McConnell says states, these are the United States he's talking about, should consider bankruptcy, rebuffing calls for aid. So Mitch McConnell is saying don't bail out the states. Millions of people who are out of work, obviously, I just told you about the number that is expected to be released by the U.S. Labor Department on Thursday. And Mitch McConnell uh, yeah, let them let him consider bankruptcy. Let them file for bankruptcy. I mean, we don't care about the states. We don't want states paying out unemployment benefits. And apparently, that's true anyway, because in Georgia, the governor down there, Brian Kemp, is not looking to pay them out. He wants people in massage parlors and tattoo parlors and Movie theaters and restaurants and barbershops. He wants them all to go back to work. Hair salons. He wants them all to go back to work. When the rates of infection in Georgia continue to climb. So that I think so that he can avoid paying unemployment benefits out. Which seems consonant and is consonant with with what Mitch McConnell is saying. And Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York had some uh, very uh, sharp words, as you could imagine, for Mitch McConnell, who's saying the states can go bankrupt to hell with him. He's basically telling every single state to drop dead, like Ford did, to New York City back in the 1970s, 1975. He also got some heat, did McConnell, from his own party, rightly so, Representative Peter King, who's retiring after... um, January of 2021 said that Mr. McConnell's remarks were quote, shameful and indefensible to say that it is free money to provide funds for cops, firefighters and healthcare workers makes McConnell the Marie Antoinette of the Senate. And that was from Peter King's Twitter handle statement on Wednesday night. It's incredible. Mitch McConnell is calling For states to go and bankrupt them, get bankrupt, file for bankruptcy. Here's another quote from that article from the New York Times by Carl Halls. This is incredible. And it hardly got any attention in the corporate news media because, of course, the corporate news 24-hour cable media on television is talking solely about one thing and one thing only that is occupying all of our minds, but my goodness, we do need other news and we do need to learn about this from Senator McConnell. Quote, I would certainly be in favor of allowing states to use the bankruptcy route, he said. Quote, it saves some cities and there's no good reason for it not to be available. What? This, This is just stunning and it's hardly received any attention at all in the news. On television at least. Staggering stuff. Staggering stuff. In the Boston Globe. Boston Globe. Apparently the official toll of Massachusetts. I mean this is. Like we are suspecting in a lot of these places. Is undercounted. Which is not a shock. But it might be a shock to some people. The official toll of those in Massachusetts who have come down with this coronavirus has apparently been undercounted and the deaths have been. That's the feature of the article um, that is at stake here. That is, uh, excuse me, being uh, talked about. Likely undercounted official toll the of Massachusetts coronavirus deaths. Likely undercounted, a review shows that is the headline out of the Boston Globe. Something that you may not have been aware of, and I dare say that that is true across the country. As these numbers are going to be a lot, lot higher than we are being told, we will be crossing. Oh, getting very close to the 50,000 people mark. This is incredible. Sometime on Thursday, as we approach Thursday, and indeed most of the world is now into Thursday morning and Thursday afternoon, the U.S. will cross or get very close to 50,000 people dying from coronavirus, from COVID-19. Probably by the end of Thursday. Think about that for a second. The United States of America is very close to reaching and will probably reach 50,000 people dead from coronavirus. Diane Hessen writes in the same Boston Globe, an opinion story, and the title is The Nation is in Crisis. Where are you, Joe Biden? That's the question that I have as well, by the way. And I have been musing about this, been writing about the Democratic Party's response to Donald Trump, who continues to lie in his campaign rally briefings on a daily basis. The media gives him all the airtime and publicity just as they did in his previous campaign in 2016. And in the same token, Joe Biden is not present on the national level. He may do Stephen Colbert here and he may do another talk show there and he may do some local TV, but he needs to be front and center On a daily basis, which he has not been. And so Diane Hessen raises a legitimate question. If you are the presumptive Democratic nominee and Joe Biden is, why are you hiding? And why, on a separate story, which was in the Washington Post on Wednesday, why is it that Joe Biden is waiting until May to pick a team who is going to decide? who he should pick to be his running mate. Now, Joe Biden is not going to do the picking here. It's going to be his inner circle and this team that he is going to pick. Why wait until the end of this month? Why wait till May 1st to convene a team, to pick a team when you really should be picking a candidate for your VP spot right now? It would be a great way to offset all of this attention On a liar and a thief. Doing his campaign rallies every day. The media is fixated on two things at the moment. One. These protesters who are a small but vocal minority in several states. Clearly organized by some right wing gun nuts. And also funded via payroll fundings from the DeVos family. Betsy DeVos's family. Betsy, the boss, of course, is the education secretary under Trump. So the media is paying attention to the guy who's conducting the campaign rally from the White House podium in the press room and the audience that would usually be at his campaign rallies. Those people waving these flags and brandishing these guns with signs that are incorrectly spelling the words on them. So the campaign rally is still in full effect. You've got the liar-in-chief spewing the lies from the White House podium campaign style, and then you've got the audience that would usually be at that campaign rally on the streets in several states, begging for the economy to be reopened. Pretty mindless stuff, isn't it? Wayne LaPierre. And if you know who Wayne LaPierre is. Well, if you don't know, I will tell you who he is. Wayne LaPierre is the CEO of the NRA. That's the National Rifle Association. And he actually, according to Salon.com, he and the NRA were forced to drastically cut its budget after legal battles cost the group $100 million. And this is according to a recording uh, of an NRA board meeting that it was obtained by National Public Radio, that's NPR. Igor Derish wrote this. Late on April the 22nd. This is a leaked audio recording. Quote, we kind of reframed this entire association. Lapierre said in a leaked recording. Quote, we took it down to the studs. So they had to cut this budget to survive. They apparently lost, according to this article, 100 million dollars. Now, this is part of the recording. It's about three and a half minutes long, but I'm gonna play just a little bit of it. This is from the NPR, National Public Radio, and this is what they recorded. This is what they obtained. Listen to this. And think of every blue state, A.G., think of the power of government, the power of weaponized government, and all the resources they have. I mean, I've never seen anything like that in the United States of America you the truth. I mean, that is Cuba, that is Communist China, that is Venezuela, it's Russia, it's every other country we look at, and we say, thank God we don't live there. And, And there was only one path that we could go down, and that's the path we started down. And we never deviate. No matter what the heck the cost was, no matter what the heck the cost was on friendships, no matter what the heck the cost was on people that lost their way along the way, we were going down that one path to save this association. Because I'll be damned if any of us, and you felt the same way, we're going to let it destroy us. That's just a portion of the recording. And that voice you heard was that of the NRA's CEO, Wayne LaPierre, quite extraordinary stuff as obtained by NPR. That's some news that you otherwise have not heard in general reported by the corporate news media here in the United States. That was from Salon.com and that audio you can hear there, but you can also, of course, hear it on the NPR website as well. Quite phenomenal, actually. Some of Donald Trump supporters have turned on him, according to Salon.com. This article actually was from 10 or so days ago from Travis Getty's April the 12th headline on Salon.com is Trump supporters turn on him for, quote, flat out lying, in quote, about coronavirus crisis. Quote, he thinks we're all stupid and will show up for him no matter what, in quote, one man said. So this article talks about Trump's handling of the crisis has been the breaking point for some of his fans in rural Virginia. Quote, a few weeks ago, I could ignore parts of his personality I didn't like, said Cliff, a 25 year Chesapeake Bay waterman. Quote, that's over. I don't believe anything he's saying now. Looks like at least one Trump supporter finally understands that uh, this guy cannot be trusted. The death count cannot be trusted either here in the United States, because if if Massachusetts is apparently not on the level and we're not really getting the correct figure out of there and we're certainly not getting it out of California, then why would anybody think that the whole United States of America would be giving you the accurate impression about the number there in terms of, Who has this virus? How many people have it? And how many people have died from it? And how many healthcare workers have died from it? So that is something to also consider here. Other headlines in the UK. It looks like the death toll there is also higher than is being reported. The Financial Times has estimated that the death toll in the UK, which is currently officially listed at around just over 18,000 at the time I record this, late on Wednesday night, April the 22nd, that that actual number is close to, well, more than twice as many people recorded as deceased from this virus. The Financial Times, according to um, figures and graphs and from the Times itself, is looking at 41, estimates 41,000 people have died in the UK from this coronavirus. The official, in quotes, toll of people who've died from this virus is just over 18,000. That should certainly serve as a shocking wake-up call if that figure is true. And quite frankly, I've got no reason to believe that it isn't true. Those are just a few of the headlines. There was... One other story in The Guardian that talks about rap and Michael Oliver has written a story on the 22nd of April in The Guardian. It says here, the headline is You're Not Welcome, Rap's Racial Divide in France. And the article chronicles the backlash that rappers in France have received and the music industry in France and politicians there have been very much adverse to the triumph of rap in France. And particularly when you're considering black artists who are rappers there um, are thriving, but the music that they are performing is not getting the respect from cross segments of the more upper crust, shall we say, in France. So that's another story from a cultural and racism aspect that is going on as France is engaging and undergoing unrest at the moment, because, of course, this economic crisis, along with this coronavirus pandemic, has con- uh Particularly pointed to just how dire things are institutionally and otherwise for people who are poor, people who are immigrants, people who are, are black, or people who are from the Middle East in general. Good article there uh, on this from The Guardian as written by Michael Oliver so something to look at in the guardian that you might be of uh, might be aware of or might be interested in looking at and procuring for your reading as we are crossing in to Thursday here in the United States on the west coast it is now Thursday As I am recording this. Shirley Knight passed away. By the way. You may have missed that news. She was an actor. Who was nominated for an Oscar. She has passed away. At the age of. 83. Joe Biden's campaign, and this is according to the Associated Press, by the way, Joe Biden's campaign, and this was from yesterday now, since it is now, it is uh, Thursday here. Joe Biden's campaign, according to an article in the AP by Brian Solod- Solodisco, Brian Solodisco reports that the Biden campaign says it has refunded a campaign donation from the comedian Louis C.K. Louis C.K., of course, as you know very well, um, got into a lot of trouble for his um, harassment of women, sexual harassment of women. And apparently Louis C.K. had donated $2,800 To the Joe Biden presidential campaign. And. This was earlier. In the month of. Early last month. March 4th. And apparently that. Campaign. Sent that money back. You may have not heard this one either. A Georgia Democrat, an African-American Democrat from Georgia who had endorsed Donald Trump, he actually ended up resigning from his position. He was running for office. It's just unbelievable. And you may remember that just last week he became the first or maybe the second, I forget, Democrat, to endorse Donald Trump. And the fact of the matter is, is that this Democratic politician got a lot of heat for endorsing Trump, as you could imagine. And an African-American at that. And literally a week later. He is gone. He is absolutely gone. Vernon Jones. On Tuesday actually announced. He was resigning from his seat. I mean is this. Is this because he's going to become a Republican and try to work for Trump? Or is this because he really couldn't take the heat in the kitchen? Tyler Olsen at Fox News, no less, says this is incredible. He is resigning from his seat. That's Vernon Jones, the Georgia Democratic state representative. Wow. This is his tweet, by the way, from April 21st. I've seen more Democrats attack me for my decision to endorse real Donald Trump than ask me why. They've used and abused folks in my community for far too long, taking our votes for granted. Black Americans are waking up and uprising is near. Well... I think the only uprising that's near is a mass, 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 mass turnout of voters on November the 3rd in unprecedented numbers. Whether through the mail for vote by mail or at the polls themselves in person provided that this pandemic is not as serious as it presently is, although there are indications that it will be more serious than it presently is, according to the CDC director, Dr. Robert Redfield, which in in which case voting by mail will be absolutely critical of critical importance. This guy, Vernon Jones, really does have some baggage, to say the least. Good grief. I mean, what? He was accused of rape. He claimed the act was consensual and no charges were filed. My goodness gracious me. What is going on here? Later investigated by a grand jury for alleged corruption. Grand jury could not find evidence to prove a crime. He's also run for congressional office. I intend to help the Democratic Party get rid of his bigotry against black people that are independent and conservative. What? What is he talking about? And I'm not even going to read some of the other uh, other lies that he spews here. But there you have it. Those are some of the stories you may not be aware of, and some of those stories that will be, I think, making headlines later on today thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Politocrat the late night headlines the night light headlines I'm Omar Moore <laughs>